2: Hey guys, it's Candice and Kayla, and we are Directionally Challenged.
1: Yep, we totally thought we'd have it all figured out by the
2: time we were in our 30s. <gasps> but surprise, we don't.
1: No, we don't. <laughs> but we're here. It's 2021. You know, it, it doesn't feel that much different from 2020 at this point. But we are here, and uh, and I'm really excited to have this special catch-up episode with you, Kayla.
2: So am I. You know, so much has happened since we last spoke. Uh, for our listeners, I'm sure you guys all remember, uh, we banked a bunch of episodes before this because Candace was pregnant, and, you know, we had holidays happening. We had a ton of stuff going on. Um, I think one of the things that we've learned from speaking to so many um Doulas and people who have given birth, and mamas, and all these fun people, is that what's really important after you have a newborn is sharing your birth story. And that's something I was able to do. I know Claire uh, Holt came on and she was able to do some of that. And Candace, I think you have a really fascinating, interesting one. Are you willing to share it with us? Of course, I
1: am. It's, yeah, it was uh, a. <laughs> Fast and furious to say the least. Um, Okay. So start from the beginning. (laughs) Well, I, I do want to mention, I think it is interesting that we, one of the episodes that we banked was with Laura day, the intuitive. And I remember one of the kind of like the closing things she was saying to me was, I couldn't remember if it was on mic or off mic, but she was just saying, you know, I hope you have a very, like, I hope it's a very quick birth and like, I hope it goes very quickly. And, um, And part of me now is like, was she, did she feel that? Did she think that that's how it was going to go? Um, because, oh my gosh, that is not what I expected. Um, (laughs) for our listeners, I don't know if you remember, we, we had an incredible doula on, her name is Hayes Hawk. And I highly recommend the episode that we have with her, whether you're pregnant Mm -hmm. or not. She's just incredible to, to listen, to hear her speak, um, just kind of her thoughts about life um, and pregnancy and giving birth. But so she was my doula and I did a lot of pre-birth, pre-labor preparation um, specifically with Hayes and with my husband. And even though I'd given birth before, I'd actually watched a lot of things online and birth classes. I was really wanting to have an unmedicated birth. So I revisited all my, you know, unmedicated birth books and coping mechanisms for a long labor. I bought, um, I think it's like 24 in a pack, three, 24 packs of led candles. So I could labor in my bathtub. Oh yeah. (laughs) Labor in my bathtub for hours. I downloaded I think, 48 hours of um, birthing meditations. Uh, Kayla, you know, how much did I talk to you about just like the length of the birth and my preparation for this labor that I was going into?
2: I mean, you've always been so prepared for everything in your life, but I would say this was your opportunity to be an a plus 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 student and over prepare to the point where i mean i've just never seen anyone over prepare for anything as much as you did for this
1: <laughs> so my due date was november 30th and uh, florence our 5 year old was actually born on her due date january 15th so i i there i was like there's no way that i'm going to have two children that are essentially born on their due dates and November 30th came. Um, my husband and I actually were able to have some time on by ourselves. We went to the beach for the day and we saw a pot of dolphins and we just oh, sat wow. for the afternoon and it was really quiet and really special. And then I came home and, uh, didn't even feel any Braxton Hicks, like nothing. I, I, that night was like, man, this is probably going to be a baby that comes like two weeks from now. And I just hope that I'm not up to the last day where I like legally can't give birth without having to go in and be induced. That was my biggest concern at that point. Cause I felt like nothing was happening. Um, I even, I, I didn't talk about this before because I feel like now I'm okay talking about it. <laughs> and I don't even know if I told you Kayla, but I actually ended up getting this special salad. Do you know about the salad? Is it the salad with the castor oil in the dressing? Yes. So there's a restaurant here in Los Angeles. It's um, an Italian restaurant and they have this thing called the salad and pregnant women go there and it's, you know, a a labor inducing salad, but not anything that's like medically sound. Uh, If you I've been to the restaurant with a friend while she was pregnant and there was like eight pregnant women eating lunch yes. there. I mean, it's just this is where women flock there. They drink this, you know, it's this dressing that they have on the salad. I, Hillary Duff mentioned that she like was doing shots of the salad dressing in her final week. Um, so I ordered the salad. They had it on Postmates. And I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like it's a full moon and I'm eating the salad like but I don't feel anything. So there's no way on your actual happen. due date right We're on still my on due that- date okay on my due date um i wake up i go to sleep totally fine i wake up around 2:33 in the morning and i'm having contractions and they're nothing crazy like apparently joe had heard me moaning like i was actually having contractions in my sleep which i'd heard about but i thought that it was impossible i thought this was just some like bs that women talk about But I totally was having contractions while sleeping because Joe was like, oh, yeah, you'd like moan and roll around and then you'd like fall back asleep. And I don't remember this part at all. I was unconscious. So I finally wake up around, you know, three in the morning and I'm like, "Okay, I think these are contractions. You know, I'm just going to run a bath and try to relax. And so I go and I run a bath. And it feels like I'm in there for just a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, I don't like the bath anymore. I, I need to get out of the bath. And and they started coming on really, really strong. And so this is probably about an hour later. So it's around like, you know, 4, 4.30 essentially. Um, and I, uh, I asked Joe, like, Joe, do you have all of my friends' numbers? Because you're supposed to be texting them. <laughs> that was literally like, he's timing contractions. And mm-hmm. I'm like but you have to have all of my friends on a group text to text them and he was like no i didn't get the numbers like in a group text so in between contractions i'm like breslo kayla cammy <laughs> like just listing off oh, no. like all the names so i just i vividly remember that part and and everything kind of coming on strong and and i just remember saying like i don't think I don't think it's supposed to feel this way right now. Like this is feeling different than just like regular labor. Um, and, and I'm like, did you, did you tell Hayes that I'm having contractions? Cause usually what you do is you you let the doula know. And he's like, Oh yeah. Hayes knows. I sent like, she knows I, I, I told Hayes and I was like, great, great. And then things are coming on stronger. And I'm like, you don't know, now at night I need to take a shower. Like, you know, but what I learned <laughs> this from the time, to the shower that I just like, I'm, yeah, it's very hot and cold. And my other favorite part is I like spent hours talking to Joe about like how I needed to be like touched or massaged, the pressure points. He like came within an inch of me and I was like, get away from me right now. <laughs> I was like, don't touch me. <laughs> no, like I didn't want him near me. <laughs> and so he's like, point, but I'd, you said you wanted know, your neck yeah. out. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. And so I get in the shower because I and then it and then and I'm in a protective barrier from being touched as well. So I'm like, you know, and this time I was so concerned because last time I took a shower and I got my hair wet and I looked terrible. Like as if I like looked great this time giving birth. But I wore a shower cap. So I literally put a shower cap on first.
2: Smart. That's a good hint,
1: ladies. Yep. Anyone listening, yep. remember that. You know. Advice, advice, and got in the shower and, uh, and then the contractions were really intense. And I just remember, I, I just remember having this feeling like, I think the, I think I'm going to give birth right now or like something's wrong. Like this is too intense. This hurts too bad. I in was the like, shower in the shower it was like banging on the door and it's glass so that's not good so then I was like it's time to get out of the shower and I was like Joe where's Hayes and he's like well I text her and I was like you text her no 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 you call her you call her right now you call her right now and so he calls her poor Joe. I'm just like, don't touch me. You, you get all of my girlfriends on a group chat. Call Hayes. If there's ever a time
2: that you can have a few requests, I think it's while you're you're having contractions about to give birth.
1: I know it's great. I should have just started yelling random things like buy me a Chanel, you know, make me ice cream. (laughs) I want a burger. Like, (laughs) you know, another tip, ladies, like, please do that next time. (laughs) And uh, so You know, our doula started heading over and unbeknownst to me, Joe and her are texting each other about like what to do next, because she can tell that the contractions are really close. And uh, and I just looked at him and I said, we have to leave right now. And he was like, are you sure? I don't know. And I I was like, no, 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 right now. And then he like looked at his phone. He's like, "Okay, we're leaving right now. And what I don't know is Hayes is texting him like you have to get to the hospital like things are happening go. If she says it's time to go, go. Um, I spent most of the hospital drive and this was at, uh, then four forty-five in the morning. And I spent most of that drive just yelling a lot of profanities at Joe and, um, continuously asking him again, not to touch me and, uh, and to run the red light, but slow down, drive faster, but don't drive like this. And uh, and poor guy, he like went to like look up the hospital because he was so stressed and just like needed. And I just started yelling at him like 101 to the 405 to Wilshire, 101 to the 405 to Wilshire. Like I just became that SNL skit that just starts like yelling all the freeways at him. We pull up to the hospital and thank God it was in the morning because there was no traffic. We pulled into the hospital. That's what I was hospital. just going to say.
2: Because the 405 is known for, it's it's known for the worst traffic. Yeah. And we don't live that close to that hospital. So, you know, no. it could have been a freeway baby. Had
1: it been it, it, two hours later that I was at this point, I would have given birth on the 405 in the car. Because we basically pull up to the hospital. I get out. And, uh... I have a contraction in the middle of the foyer and people just stop and stare at me as if I'm like, as if it's performance art. Like that's what yeah. it really felt like. It was like, thank you. Thank you. Like here's my hat. You can place tips in whenever you'd like, I'll have another contraction in less than two minutes. And luckily the, someone took pity on me and ran out with a, seeing that I was actually in pain, ran out with a wheelchair, the security guard who was supposed to check us in realized like, OK, things are happening. And and so they rush me upstairs and all the nurses are just hanging out, having coffee. And and I'm and I'm just very vocal at this point and saying, like, I can't hold it like I'm having a baby and they're like, "Okay, honey, like is this your first? What what baby is this?" And I was like, "It's my second. And then they really jumped up because usually with your first child, you can have a really long labor. Second babies can just fly right out of you. So, um because we're in the time of COVID, in order to give birth, you have to have a COVID test before you're admitted to uh, a labor and delivery room. So luckily, there's a COVID testing room right across from where the nurse's station is. And so and it's also considered a pre-op room for anyone who's having a C-section. So there are things in there, but it's just this tiny little room with like outdated stuff. Um, So they bring me in there and immediately start kind of getting me undressed and check my dilation And, you know, one nurse is asking me, do you want the epidural? And I was like, yes, I want the epidural. Like, I want the epidural. I was screaming about the epidural the whole time. And and Joe was like, she really wants the epidural. She said she didn't want the epidural, but now she wants the epidural. Someone get her the epidural. (laughs) And the nurse looked at me and she was like, so we can't do that. You're going to have this baby right now. And I was like, nope, nope. But I need the epidural first. She's like, honey, the epidural is not going to even work. You need the epidural. Like, there is no epidural. There's like, no time for it. There's to no time for an epidural. You're effect. laying down on this. The baby's like coming right this second. Um, I, I got to see my mucus plug, which, you know, was a dream of mine. It so, was a big deal. Yes, I had been carrying it in the car the whole way there, which was a delight. And my very expensive, you know, maternity leggings that I had bought for myself. Um, I, <laughs> they stripped me down. And as I'm climbing on the bed, I have another contraction, which explodes my water as if I'm chucking water balloons at the poor nurses. Mm -hmm. So I got to also experience my water breaking, which I really wanted to experience. And so each time something would happen, I'd be bearing down in like terrible pain. And then I'd go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. My water broke. This is great. (laughs) So they probably thought I was a little crazy. Um, I laid on the bed. And, um, I still replay like the next few minutes over and over in my head is just one of the more powerful experiences of my life. I, I was very scared. They had to force my legs open because I was so terrified. I was like so scared to just, to, I was, I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust that. Like I did, this wasn't part of the plan. And, um, and Joe was there just like right next to me and the nurses were incredible. And they were like, you have to relax. We have to make room for the baby. The baby's coming. And, um, and then I just couldn't hold my contractions in and they were coming so fast and the and the baby was coming so fast. And finally, like, you know, Joe's just holding my hand and he doesn't, he, there's nothing for him to do except just be there. And then finally the nurse, like, like I wasn't doing what I needed to do. Cause I just, was so scared. And finally a nurse named Sarah just like stood up and she was like, Hey, you have to hold it. You have to hold this next contractions or you're going to rip apart. You got to hold it. I know this is going to be the hardest thing you do, but you have to hold it. We have to, we have to ease this baby into the world. So I need you to just hold back. You cannot push on these contractions. And, and I just like, was like, okay, this is, this is the moment. And I just looked at Joe and he looked at me and I just like, like took charge of my body and the experience and like dug deep and like realized, okay, I can do this. I have to do this and I can do this. And I just stared at Joe's eyes and he was my focus. I about broke his hand. (laughs) Um, and the nurses, um, you know, really protected me and really protected my body and, And I just it felt like the longest moment of my life. And I don't know how long it was. And finally, they said, "Okay, you can push now on your next contraction. I pushed and she literally flew out, like literally like in one push, just flew out. And because my water just broke, she just was like glistening, not like a no, like, you know how you like see babies in real life that are born and they're covered in like all the good stuff you know, even though it, you know, seems kind of gnarly, but it's really healthy stuff for a baby. Um, And then you watch like a movie and then there's like nothing on the baby. She was a movie baby. Like she literally, there was nothing on her because she just came into the world so quickly. Um, And, uh, and she was perfect and healthy. And I, I, the first thing that I I looked at Joe and I was like, I did it. Oh. And, and he was like, You did it. Like, we both just <laughs> couldn't believe it. And then the nurse was like, Hey guys, do you want to take a picture? Or, and Joe was like, Oh my God, I have a camera. And like, grabbed his phone and just started because it all just happened so quick. And how quick was we actually have time stamps of all the text messages that Joe is sending to Hayes, our doula. So we left for the hospital at four forty five We got there at five oh five, and then she was out and born by five nineteen.
2: That is in the insane. morning. <laughs> you spent all so, of fourteen minutes at the hospital, including you know those contractions in the foyer and yes. all that whole experience. Yes, wow, yes, so it really was almost
1: a a a, a four Oh five baby. She was, um, I'm so great. It all just like worked out and it was incredible. I, I, ex- you know, I was chasing that rush. I think I talked about, um, mm-hmm. on a podcast that you and I did Kayla, uh, about motherhood and labor and delivery. And I was asked like if I wanted it unmedicated birth. And I said, yeah, I, for some reason I'm just chasing mm-hmm. this like rush of endorphins. I want to feel that experience. I, I want to know, I want to feel that this is what my body knows how to do if I'm blessed enough to be able to do that. I know like complications come up and it's to no fault of anyone, but I wanted to just give it my all, um, and see if it happened and it did. And, and it happened. And like, I literally had so much energy. I was up on my feet so quickly. I was sitting up eating crackers and peanut butter and, you know, just like giddy. I mean, just, like laughing, crying, happy tears, just like chatty, chatty Kathy. Um, and the doctor who was even there at the hospital didn't even make it into the room in time. That's how quickly it all wow. happened.
2: And um, so just to be clear, did you deliver her in the COVID test room? Yes. <laughs> she didn't even make it into an actual birthing a room. Proper, no. I mean, there was a
1: bed. There's like a right. tiny old like you know the nurses were like gosh these like baby things are so old cuz it's just you know it's for emergencies if a baby were to be born in there that would be you know just by chance and so we were a by chance circumstance oh my god <laughs> so yeah we gave birth in the covid testing room um obviously it sanitized. but you know what i mean it's not it's still like a a room where you can give birth properly safely yes yes, yes. Wow. Um Yeah. And it just it was incredible. I will say something I learned from the experience is just how grateful I am that I can trust my partner, you know, and I, I think I struggle. I think there's, you know, it's a, a journey. I think it's so much easier to want to trust like and I do trust other women, you know, like I felt like I couldn't do it unless like Hayes was there and my doctor was right. there and, right. you know, I felt like I needed the, these like group of female warriors around me and the realization that like I could be my own female warrior and my partner could be right there next to me. And like, he's all I needed and an incredible team of nurses <laughs> um, like that. That was like a huge realization. And in, in the next um, 24, 48 hours were just
2: bliss what a gift for your baby girl to give you too is that self-realization because i don't know of anything quite as powerful as that and you can now move on as her mom as a mom to other women as well that you can just use that and light their path light their way um i'm sure everyone wants to know can you tell us about your sweet little girl what if you could you know describe her in three words what would it be her name is
1: Josephine June, and she's so sweet. She's so little. Um, <laughs> she's just, you know, all baby, you know, yeah. it's it's all those wonderful things. And, and I love her smells and and I, I just I feel very bonded. There's like an ease to I think because it is the second time around that I trust my intuition more this time, um, especially in this like fourth trimester. Um, And I'm enjoying it more. I'm like the moments because I know they go so fast. The sleep deprivation is still hard. That does not get easier. When people have like four or five kids, I'm like, wow, because just number two, I'm like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Like I forget how little you sleep at this point. Um, but it's so such a short period of time. Another really beautiful thing I will say is obviously we did not plan to have a baby during a pandemic. Uh, it was a surprise to us. Uh, I found being pregnant during a pandemic, really stressful and anxiety inducing. I have found even this like postpartum time really stressful uh, because especially being in LA with the cases so high. But the one thing that I really, really appreciated in the hospital was ironically, the idea that you can't have any visitors. And I thought that that would make me really sad that we couldn't have, you know, our other kids and family and friends come visit. But That time where it was just Joe, myself, and our new baby was the most beautiful, quiet, intimate, precious time that I could have ever asked for. It gave us a chance to bond. You know, it gave me a chance to heal privately, which is really nice, and and breastfeed privately, which is really nice. Um, And so, if anyone's listening to this during and is pregnant during this pandemic, I will say that is a really beautiful time that I didn't even think of. I was really scared to go to the hospital and I felt very safe and comforted and comfortable um, just being able to have that quiet time. And if you're listening to this post pandemic, I would say maybe take that into consideration because you will never have that quiet time back. You will always have visitors. Life goes on. And, you know, and also you start sleeping less and, you know, there's babies more active, but there's such a sweet thing that happens like right after birth. And I just highly recommend just, just saying it's okay. Even for the other siblings, like it was really beautiful to be able to come home and introduce, you know, the girls to their new sister. And, and we had the energy to do that as opposed to like, in a hospital gown and, you know,
2: like hobbling to the bathroom so, and so just depleted in every aspect. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause it's a, it's a lie regardless of how well a, a delivery goes. It's still, you know, you've been through an experience. Your body's been through a trauma, even if it's a beautiful trauma, mm-hmm. it's still a, a trauma in, in my opinion, that's what, how I perceive it and and you just need that time to bond and heal and so that's I that that's just something that I never would have thought that I would take away from the experience that I have
2: yeah hey guys we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back in just a minute And we're back. Well, that's amazing. And especially giving birth over the holidays, you had the holidays to be together as a family and, you know, bond together and have this lovely experience. Um, So these are really wonderful things to hear about over, you know, a holiday season during the pandemic, which I'm not sure everyone has those amazing stories because I know I'm one of them. I know, I know. (laughs) I think it was an emotional
1: time for a lot of people for those who have sadly lost people throughout the year of 2020 due to the pandemic and here in California and LA the numbers shot up like crazy which we knew that they would it's not surprising Um, but I think the scary thing is as much as we try to continue to do all that we can that we knew to do to be safe the virus can still find you which you know I remember you calling me and you were in tears and
2: right you and I know so for those listening I did get COVID over Christmas it was over the exact Christmas holiday and it was you know horrible obviously in every sense um luckily I had a my body's healthy and I had a strand that was not so severe um it did just feel like flu-like symptoms but you know, I spent Christmas in a mask, not being able to be with my husband or my baby. And you know, it was just really not what I had planned at all. This was Poppy's second Christmas. Um, She was finally able to open gifts and we had planned all these fun things. And it was really something as simple as a family member was coming over to help me out. And we both had tested negative and we thought we were fine. And then turned out one of us had it and we both got it. And it was as simple as that. And (laughs) such a routine part of life. And it just really shocked me because I realized how um, contagious it can be and also how easily you can think you're doing everything right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just um, one of the statistics and battling something that everyone is battling. Um, Luckily, I'm okay. We're all good and everyone's healthy. That's not the case for everyone else. Um, So... While I was really looking forward to the holidays and finding joy and a nice way to end the year, it definitely wasn't that way. Um, But now that we have started the new year, we have started to formulate some new goals and as cheesy as it is, resolutions and sometimes going through hard times, you learn a lot and it motivates you to kind of continue to um, live, be your best self, live your best life, even amongst all of the chaos and commotion, which is So, been so evident right now.
1: Well, you and I know how seriously you've been taking this, but for our listeners, I mean, you were getting tested like two to three times a week.
2: Right. So, this wasn't like you weren't
1: seeing (laughs) anyone and maybe you'd get tested once a month. You know, you work with your husband on the bold and the beautiful as a stand in. And so, just that alone, you're getting tested multiple times a week.
2: Right. I mean, I'm Tanner's intimacy double, for those who haven't heard us discuss this yet. He, um, due to COVID, cannot kiss and or touch any of his co-stars. And it's a soap opera. There's lots of romance and sexiness. So I go in as his intimacy double to be wigged and play opposite him, um, which has been fun and interesting. But uh, due to that, I'm tested at least twice a week, so is my husband. And we are taking it so seriously. And it just goes to show how easy... This is and really how truly we all need to continue to just take it so seriously. We can only beat this if we continue to do so.
1: Do you mind talking a little bit about emotionally? I know when you called me, you were in tears and you were just kind of for anyone who is taking it seriously, who's listening, and then they might end up getting it. And, you know, what that range of emotions is. Is whether it's, I know you were like digging through your brain of like, where did this come from? What did I do? You know, and
2: well, it's interesting. I, I felt shame, I felt a lot of shame. And then listening to other people's stories and hearing about their experiences, that seems to be a common thread. And I realized I did a lot of internal work and realized that I personally had been COVID shaming people as well, realizing that if someone gets it, I automatically think they're not taking it seriously. But then when it happens, to your it happened to me and I knew how seriously I'd been taking it and I just was so shocked because I it, it I guess it feels like it's something you can control and you can beat but then quite honestly you realize it's bigger than you and you can only do as much as you can and then it the rest is it's just kind of fate and so now I'm Past the shame and I'm willing to discuss and talk about it I know a lot of people had mentioned on social media that I disappeared and I just didn't really know how to handle it and then this is why I love our podcast so much because I can verbally discuss it and we can have a conversation about it and hopefully you know move the needle forward instead of just trying to post one photo explaining my experience it didn't feel adequate enough
1: what did you do? How did you find out that you had it? And for anyone listening, if they suspect that they might have it or they're, they know that they've come in contact with it or they do have it. What are those steps that you took that maybe people can take advice from?
2: Right. That's such a good question. So I had zero symptoms. I felt nothing. And then the test came back positive. Um, I was a test. I took they, through you were the, test. Yeah. Through, by I bold was tested beautiful. through the bold and the beautiful. Um, like we like we are twice a week, and the, it was just another normal test. I had actually gotten to the point where I had stopped checking my email to check the test results because I, it was just always negative, and I knew we were doing such a good job with it. And so I just happened to be checking my email and was like clicking on it, and then I saw that it said positive, and I literally was like, I dropped my phone. I was like, Wait, what? There's no way. There's no way. So then instantly I go to it's a it's a false positive, and all of these things. I'm flooded with all of this stuff. They asked me to come back to get tested again to, quote unquote, retest, because sometimes that does happen. And then it came back positive again. So it was confirmed. I still didn't have any symptoms. And so I was really confused. It was it took a few days and then symptoms started to show up. And it was like they said, flu like symptoms. And I just felt a little ill and under the weather and I needed to sleep a lot. Um, And luckily, that's about as bad as it got. And so then I had to go through, you know, luckily Bold and the Beautiful put us in contact immediately with a doctor. And so I was able to discuss it with the doctor. And I have to tell you, he was so wonderful and calming and just said, look, you just need to take this seriously. Don't leave the house and make sure you don't come in contact with anyone who could quite possibly have worse outcomes. And so I did not leave the house. My family did not leave the house for 14 days. And um, we just... Didn't even didn't see any an, an, another soul. Thank God for FaceTime, because even on Christmas, we were able to feel like we were together. Um, but it was hard emotionally as well. Not just the physical aspect of feeling sick, but uh, the emotional aspect of it. And um, I just slept a lot and, and took it extremely seriously. Didn't see a soul, um, took care of myself. And that was it. That was there was nothing else to do. Um, mm-hmm. So managed myself mentally as well. And, um, once it was over, I decided to, you know, try to let go of the shame and voice, you know, voice. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I guess I'm still going through it. I'm fine, I guess we're talking about it,
1: yeah, which is really, I, yeah. I understand. Well, it's also, we've almost been doing this for a whole year. So I think that there, there's an element of to that too. I mean, we have friends who have had COVID that, They didn't even know, we didn't even know what the word COVID meant when they were sick and obviously tested later. We had friends who have had it kind of more in the middle of the summer and, you know, but now we've all been in it for so long that it's exactly, you know, how I started this. We all think like, okay, if we carry on exactly how, with how we're doing, then we're okay. But you're right. It's just, it's fast and, and it can happen quickly and, um, and it, it, you can't control it and and so just by you sharing your experience with me has been a reminder that uh, that I can't control it, even though I haven't really practiced what I'm preaching right now. I've, I've had still many meltdowns postpartum, you know, nowhere near like postpartum depression no postpartum depression, I'm really grateful to say. but just specifically related to COVID. Um, just the fear of being safe and keeping my baby safe my, you know, in that mama bear way. And I know that it's like you do everything that you can and we, and you and I are very type A and we think that we can, you know, (laughs) organize and plan and list our way out of anything. And, you know, as long as I have all my face masks and cute little labeled baskets
2: (laughs) by the front door, then, you know, (laughs) we're good. And that's not how it works. Well, I realized what a false sense of control I thought I had over this. And that's what I'm learning is I it was all an illusion. And that's okay. And I guess that's what I needed to get myself through the past year. And I'll probably continue to have that as well, because that's how I can continue to get through it.
1: But I think it's important Um, to know, like, you weren't at like an underground dance party. No, and actually there was a moment
2: of rage because I felt so angry because I was like, there are some people who are at these underground things and good, you know, how how am I one of the ones that got and, you know, that's just a part of the process of coming to terms with it all. Um, And it's it's okay. That's life. And that's what happened.
1: Yeah. Did Poppy still enjoy her Christmas? Did What Christmas present did she get from Santa? So
2: San- Santa brought her a kitchen and she constantly co- cooks everything for everyone and she's obsessed with it. And now that we're all OK every morning, she gets up and, you know, starts to cook and she makes all the sounds that the kitchen makes, like the shh, the sink and all that. It's adorable. Aww. So it yeah. And you know what? That's the thing. is like the joy you feel over the holidays, it can last throughout the year. And so that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna keep living and finding the, the simple joys, even throughout um, you know, the craziness that is 2021 as well, because it felt like it was 2020 and everyone thought, okay, here we go, a new year. And then we all learned, well, wait a minute, wherever you go, there you are. We're all still in our own shit. And um, we're still in it and we're doing our best. And again, that's okay. Okay. So I feel like there's so many things we've learned on this podcast, but yet there's so much we still have to learn. Candace, do you have any specifics that you want to tackle this year on our podcast? One thing I want to get back to is I think I, I really want to be
1: okay with just connecting with another person and hearing their story, you know, and, and, and just, I want to be better at listening, essentially. And Mm -hmm. I I think that I've gotten better on this podcast at listening, but I want to continue that journey. We have a guest coming up in a few weeks and I'm reading her book about her experience and her story. I don't want to give anything away at this point, uh, but it's reminding me to just slow down and, and remember that like everyone you meet has a story and every story is worth telling and worth hearing. And especially the time when it feels like I can, I still feel really isolated. I don't know how I'm going to be in any social situation in the future. I know. <laughs> I'm slightly terrified of that, but that's why I feel like through this podcast, if I can remember that it's really just about, you know, sharing our our stories and who we are. And that's how you can really connect with people. And so that's something that I want to continue to learn on this podcast that hopefully I can apply to life when we are on, you know, in the future and on the other side of this period of time, knowing that that's going to look different, but being able to apply that to that time if that makes
2: sense. What about you? What um, what do you want to learn in these episodes? That makes so much sense. Before talking about what I want to learn, I have to say going back to listen to some of our old episodes, I realized how far we've come and how much we've learned. And hopefully our listeners have too. I know that so many people write in and talk about how um, there are so many subjects that they want us to tackle. But yeah, I think for me there's there's a lot of specific ones. Like I was thinking how it would might be interesting to have another episode on like finances, because you and I always discuss how people don't talk about money. We don't talk about it. And it's a subject that we don't want to discuss. So that might be interesting. But I love your idea of listening to each person's individual story because. Being able to share the spotlight and putting spotlight on the stories that aren't necessarily always told is something that we can do because we have this platform. And I'm all for that. I love that. And I'm actually reading the same book right now. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And we need to talk about it off there because it's it's
1: incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've been doing. Uh, in between breastfeeding in the middle of the night. So (laughs) I realized I cannot watch TV or I I will never fall back asleep. Um, But I'm just like reading it. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you guys. Well, wow, this is like the biggest tease for an episode ever. I know, and it's Um, true. (laughs) And
2: it's very true. So speaking of the new year, Tanner and I were able to spend New Year's together, just the two of us. And it was really lovely because we decided to make goal boards. And as cheesy as that sounds, it felt... Uh, really empowering. And we felt really connected to each other. And so we just did the old fashioned buy a bunch of magazines, get big poster boards, cut them out. And what we're going to do is we're going to laminate them so we can put them up in the shower when we're showering. And that way, as we're preparing for each day, or if we're you know preparing for bed that night, we can remind ourselves constantly what it is that we want out of life and what it is we wanted from this year. And I realized in mine, it wasn't anything material. It wasn't anything like that. It was more of a state of mind for myself for 2021, because at the end of the day, it's all just a bunch of materialistic things. And none of that means anything. If you're not personally happy and you don't set the set your mindset in the right way. And, um, it was a really wonderful way to start the year. So for any of our listeners, if you're feeling a little bit stuck and the whole like, idea of a New Year's resolution just makes you want to roll your eyes, this might be a fun way to just kind of get creative and dig in and just use some old magazines and try to set your intention for the year without you know, necessarily setting a resolution of, I'm going to lose 10 pounds like every other year. You know, um, yeah. So that was kind of a good spin on the New Year's resolution for us. I love it. I usually always say, I'm going to learn French. I don't know why anytime, like <laughs> I, I remember visiting you in Atlanta once and you were like, I'm learning French.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like, this was like seven years school. ago,
2: barely passed in
1: high school. And all these years <laughs> later, I'm like still determined. Um, I <laughs> I love that so much. And I love that you guys are laminating them and putting them in the shower. I because, mean, it's kind of dorky. I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> no, it's genius because I've had vision boards in the past or goal boards and I'm always so embarrassed to like leave them up places because right. I'm i like, it it's such a vulnerable thing and it's really personal. So I'd always like hide it in my closet. But then I'm like, well, now I never see it. And now it's right. just this embarrassing thing that I and it shouldn't be embarrassing, but it, it's walking that fine line. So I love that idea that it's in the shower because also we've talked about it a lot on the podcast and you always say how like water is kind of like your idea, like whenever you're in the shower or bath or like you're it, right, like. That's where you get like your ideas and inspiration. So I absolutely. think it's interesting you chose the shower.
2: Well, it's just uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, Candace. I didn't even connect that. Thank you for that. Um that is totally where my ideas come. And so what a what a great way to do this. Now, let me just preface this by saying I have yet to laminate it. So you're going to have to hold <laughs> me accountable, okay? I will. Okay. I will.
1: <laughs> I love it. You. you know I you know I love that kind of stuff. I'm you like You do. I know. I'm like, you should buy a laminating machine and then we can laminate everything and uh, you can use my label maker and I'll use your laminator.
2: Deal. I'm I'm all for it. I love it. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Um, but we can go shopping at Joanne's. I'm telling you, laminating machine is a, is a great idea for 2021.
2: But it's going to have to be virtual right now. I'm sorry. Virtual shopping. But we can FaceTime and shop Perfect. together. <laughs> I love it. There's a new double decker Joanne's
1: down the street. I already know it like the back of my hand. It's my one place I go. It's fabulous. I I'll drop it. it off on your door.
2: <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed this catch-up episode and hearing, um, you know, what we've been up to. Please let us know what your New Year's resolutions are, what you want for the new year, and what do you want to hear from the podcast? We want to know. Um, we'll see you next week. We have another great episode of Direction Challenge coming up. Bye-bye. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer
1: Melissa Demonts, edited by Katrina Henning, post-production sound by Chris Henry, music by Joe King, and advertising partnership with Acast.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.